Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, depending on where you're at. This is Fig and Locke Coast to Coast. I'm Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Locke. Welcome back, everybody. I hope everyone had a good week. It is uh, Columbus Day or Founders Day or Indigenous People's Day. I'm not really sure, you know, however you want to look at it this day. But either way, uh, for some of us, it's a three-day weekend. Some of us, it's a four-day weekend. Another case, I hope you're enjoying it. I hope the weather is good where you're at. How are things looking over there on your side of the world, Mr. Locke? Weather has been nice. It's not uh, been that. It's been a little bit chilly, but it's October. It's it's hoody weather for me. So it's that's what we do here. That's what we do. So, uh, but yeah, I actually forgot tomorrow's Columbus Day. That's crazy. Wow. I'm, I'm kind of mad because I'm not gonna lie. I miss I miss October weather. I miss the fall colors. I miss a little crisp in the air. I miss wearing the hoodie and doing bonfires in the backyard and you know smoking chili. It's hard to want to eat chili when it's 80 degrees outside, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's again, it's Hawaii. I love everything about Hawaii. We spent the day yesterday paddleboarding um, out off of you know Hickam, and uh, you know the seas, the, like the water was calm and it was beautiful. But at the same time, I, I do miss like everyone's posting the pictures of their of, like their hikes and their you know their camping excursions out in West Virginia and the bold reds and the oranges and the yellows. I, I miss that about the fall. Yeah, that's that's definitely the fall experience. Wearing brown, seeing the brown and the green and all that. It's like, all right, it's it's a uh, it's sliding back. The weather hasn't been bad. We just dealt with the rain we had last week, though, so it's nice for it to dry out and get back to normal a little bit. That's great, man. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying it. So this week, folks, we're going to talk a little bit about gaming. Uh, if you didn't see from the title, it's you know, what, what do you want to play a game? Uh, a little play on words from the old war games movie back in the 1980s. Uh, but uh, if you didn't notice this week, uh, Mar- uh, Super Mario Brothers, the animated film coming to you from uh, Nintendo and Illumination Entertainment dropped this week. Uh, there was some talk about this a little while back, mostly related to you know when Chris Pratt was cast as Mario. People were wondering what kind of voice he was going to bring to it. You see a little bit of it in the trailer. I don't think it's awful. But uh, it does look like it'll be a fun movie. And if I uh, knowing that my, how my son and his proclivity toward Mario right now, he's infatuated with um, the Mario Kart on Switch. Uh, for Christmas, I gave him some little Mario Kart figures he loves to play with. So he recognizes Mario. He knows who Mario is. So this might very well be his first mario or first movie to see in theaters um so that was kind of a big news a big reveal this week uh your thoughts mr Locke? so my my feeling is look mario's gonna sell mario's always sell mario sold for our lifetime they have so he has sold so it, it the game it, the the movie trailer looks good jack black as bowser he could tell Jack Black is trying. He's giving that, like, look. It's fun. You know, my stepson's going to probably want to see it. I'll probably go and see with it to see what's good. Um, see what they want to do. Charlie Day plays a nice Luigi. Chris Pratt, though. <sighs> Chris Pratt suffers from Seth Rogen disease. Where he plays Chris Pratt. Chris, Seth Rogen's and Seth Rogen everything. So Seth Rogen's the Seth Rogen playing Green, Lan- Green Hornet. Seth Rogen's in Sausage Party. Seth Rogen is just Seth Rogen. Well, Chris Pratt doesn't try anymore. Chris Pratt is just Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt on travel on Passenger. Chris Pratt, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. He just doesn't try. So this guy's playing Mario, and 
it's going to be very cringy if he does any, and he has to do it because he's Mario. If he does any of that trademark Mario language, like "Look at me, it's Mario," and he does gives a very Chris Pratt sounding voice to it, it's gonna suck. <laughs> That's gonna suck. So it's like it's you get past all the pretty colors, nice graphics, the sound effects, and Universal Studios is making a whole entire music part for it. So it's gonna be fine. But man, it's gonna be cringy. Like there's so many Mario people that could people that could do the Mario voice. I think he's the same guy from the video game. And they choose not to. It's it's not that hard. They just threw Chris Pratt. He's a big name, and you're wasting it. Well, Mario is bigger than Chris Pratt. So Chris Pratt's done voice work before. We one of our favorite movies to watch here is the Lego Movie, uh, Part One and Part Two, and he's hilarious in it. I, I really like Chris Pratt in the Lego Movie. Um, from what I can, I heard on the trailer, he um, it sounds like he's going in the direction of like a Brooklyn type accent. Um, it didn't sound horrible, but he didn't say a lot in the trailer, so it's hard to say. Uh, I will say that I thought the trailer was hilarious when the penguins show up and you know they and try to be as threatening as possible, and all like, the best they can do is pelt snowballs and an ice cube. So that I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. So, so I, I'm, I'm going to see it. I'd, I'd like to be able to take Alex to it in April. Oh, I didn't. I didn't I say I wouldn't fun. see it. No, I know you didn't say that. But uh, it's the idea that he is not giving any type. He's not acting. He's just there saying lines and everything else. And you're saying, yeah, he sounded the example you used. You use is Master Builder. Master Builder isn't some big old Lego character that we're like, hey, we've heard Master Builder talk or jump or anything else. No, he is a separate character that he created for his character, and it's fine. You know what I mean? Like we get it. I, he's great as master builder i like the energy he brought i like lego movie a lot you know and i'm good with that it's the idea that you're taking an iconic character and you need to sound like him but you which, know which, um, which voice are you hearing in your head though like are you hearing this high pitched you know mario voice they use in the video games or are you hearing the the lou what was it the the wrestler that played the character back in the cartoon in the 90s I'm um, thinking. I'm going more. I'm. I'm not thinking of like the '90s. I used to watch the Super Mario Brothers show growing up. I love that show. I remember. I. I had it on VHS. Um, there was an episode with Shabadoo and Turbo. With Shabadoo, who played Turbo and Ozone from Breaking, they were on the episode, and I had that VHS tape. I used to watch it all the time because I was really into breakdancing and Shabadoo. But still, he didn't sound like Mario. But the video game Mario for the last, the rest of the '90s. The early 2000s, 2010s have sound a certain way, and Chris Pratt don't sound like it. Right, but that certain plays the voice of Sonic, right? I know, but that certain way is like a high pitched, like it's a me Mario. It's like that's and not going to play for an entire two hour film, dude. Like, you maybe to, like, it has to sound real. It has to sound conversational. Can you imagine having a conversation with somebody that sounded like that for two and a, for two hours? That would I mean, be awful. <laughs> but that's that's Mario. That's why he don't talk much. Ben Swartz does the voice of Sonic from the Sonic Hedgehog like movie. And it sounds know? like and, a normal person talking. He doesn't sound but no, like he a sounds high pitched like Sonic. He sounds like Sonic from the video Sonic game. Sonic never he talks does. in the video games, at least not to he, my knowledge. Yeah, no, in the later ones he do. You have to list you have to you played the early Sonic games, like the Sonic Adventures, the Sonic Worlds and stuff like that. The the last couple Sonic games, they're actually kinda of open world games. And he talks. They're very, like one of them's really bad. It had a really bad just like launch, but they released it. It's re-released. They have a new one coming out um, in the next couple of months that looks kind of cool. 
But I mean, Sonic is talking, and even Sonic of the '90s, Jaleel White did it. You know, was voice of Sonic, and it sounded good. So I'm like, you have to be believable. He's bringing in like this like regular thing. Like I guarantee Chris, I think like I guarantee you Charlie Day is going to out act him as Luigi. People are going to be like, he's more believable as Luigi because he's going to actually try and be more realistic what's going on. Jack Black sounds like Bowser. You know, if Jack Black just talked like Jack Black, it wouldn't believable. But Jack Black has to growl because he's playing a freaking dinosaur and he has to like pretend to be Bowser. You know what I mean? Chris Pratt, maybe the trailer was very lackluster, the voice part, but he has to give us some of that believable Mario feel. The feels. We need it. He just right. gives a whoopee or something. That's what Mario does. That's what he right. He's fun. We, we can spend happy. all day talking about Mario's voice, but I, I, I'm going to give him a chance. I know you said you're going to see it, so you're clearly going to give him a chance too. So I don't want to prejudge too harshly right now. But I'm going to watch it so we can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will. And it, it, what's hilarious too is that you know we're, uh, I, I think it's a smart move that it's an animated film. Uh, I would have liked. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm still waiting for the day we get a good Mario live action film because you know that abysmal piece of crap we got in the 1990s uh, obviously didn't make the cut. And I think because it was so bad, I think a lot of studios are reticent to make movies out of video game properties. But that hasn't stopped a lot of them lately. I mean, let's see. Resident Evil has had a long run in both film and television. Yes. We just got Halo on Paramount Plus, which I liked Halo. I thought it was really good. A lot of people didn't. Yeah, I know a lot of people hate it on it, but it took I mean it took some liberties with the story, but I thought still thought it was a pretty compelling show. And I'm all right with that. I'm okay with liberties. Yeah. Um uh, we had was it Silent Hill uh made its way on into the film. Yes. We, and then uh and coming up here pretty so oh, we've also had um uh Uncharted was the most recent film with uh, Tom Correct. Holland, which I gotta say, I mean, I like Tom Holland a lot, but I didn't quite I don't quite see him as Nathan Drake. He was um, it was a little too small. Yeah, I mean, um, the movie was fine. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't great. Uh, but compared to the video game, the video game ran, runs laps around that movie. All, yeah, all day, they kind of messed up. It, they, they, he was kind of casted wrong. He did a good job. He was casted wrong. And then throwing Mark Wahlberg in there just because uh, he didn't play Scully right either. So it's like, it, it's kind of like, it's just a separate story. If you knew, didn't know the video game, you watched it, you're like, all right, I liked it. But if you watched the, played the video game and then you watched it, you're like, this doesn't this doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know, Mortal Kombat though, um, they've had ups and downs. Like the first, very first movie when we were kids yep. came out, that was good. Yeah, I liked the first one. The second one was not great. Their most nope. recent Marvel, I mean, uh, Mortal Kombat movie was not good. I liked it. it was, I don't know. I thought the first was a lot better because the first one reminded me a lot of Enter the Dragon. Oh yeah. Uh, except with Mortal Kombat characters, which I thought was pretty cool. And this last one, I felt was a little. It just seemed confused. And it, it seemed like it, it didn't was really know what it wanted to be. Because the main character was some guy that we don't know. They, it was uh, some guy. You gave him some power. You're like, who's this guy? I, where's Liu Kang? Where's Johnny Cage? You know, <laughs> like just give yeah. me these guys, please. Stop, stop trying to change the recipe. There's too much liberties. They gave him too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that they fell into an issue with that one. I'm, Prince I'm curious. Of Persia was a bad. Was yeah, a bad Prince series. of Persia. I'm, but I tell you what, though, the one I'm really looking forward to. I'm curious to see how it turns out. Is the last the Last of Us on HBO Max? Because nah, the be Last good. of Us is a beautiful game and it's a beautiful story. Both Part One and Part Two are so good, and the writing on them is so perfect. So I'm curious to see how the TV show stacks up against the video game. What's going to stack up? It's a bold move. It's a bold move. 
it's a TV show. It's gonna be a That's series. why it's going to work out. Yeah, it's going to work out well. If it's a movie and he has to tell an entire story, The Last of Us, in two hours, it's not going to work. But you said 10 episodes, an hour long. So Tony's already said Sony's going to come out with, like, a, I think Netflix is getting God of War. And then I think there's a couple others. Uh, they might mess that up. There's a couple <laughs> others that are coming out, too. So, but but that being said, so we've talked, obviously, we have tons of examples of how games have really grown beyond what we had as kids, right? For us, your game, like, I mean, we had, there was Atari and there was Nintendo. Nintendo, I think, is where most of, where, where most people are recognized the most, considering that it came out in peak 1980s, has some of the most popular content related to it. But at the same time, it was its own little lane, right? Like, no, like there was, there was the gaming lane, there's the movie lane, and there's a TV lane, and they didn't cross. And it certainly, like, you know, didn't, we weren't surrounded by it. It wasn't such a huge part of the of our culture. So the fact that gaming has become such a massive, uh, massive entity in, in our culture today, and it's, and it, it percolates so into our lives to a point that our children get introduced to it at a much earlier age. Like I didn't get my first console till I was eight. Uh, so I had been, been growing, had been used to going outside and playing and, you know, for me, playing video games was something you did in the wintertime when it was too cold, too cold to go outside. Something you did with your friends when they slept over. But most other times, it was I was outside or doing something else. A lot of the kids today, that's not necessarily the case. And I know for me, with my son, it's starting to get dangerous because at first it was we we would let him we kind of let him play the old Mario game just you know for fun and it was kind of cute. But now, like he actually has, he found on kids YouTube. He, he found videos of like Mario Kart on Switch, which makes him want to play Mario Kart at home on our Switch. And to the point where he would rather do that than go outside, which again, when you're living in Hawaii and it's beautiful outside 24 seven, you should be outside first and foremost, probably. So I guess my question that I'd like to kind of dive into is good or bad, you know, how do you manage, how do we manage the amount of time our kids get playing video games is there a point where it becomes too bad? Is there, uh, but at the same time, are is there some good related to being a gamer at a young age? I don't know your thoughts. Um, yes, you said a lot there to unpack there. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. So I would say that gaming as a young child for me, I, I, I well, no, gaming for little kids to me, I don't see as a problem. My problem is YouTube. Really? Because okay. I, I, I think my angle on it is that like if your child is next to you and he's playing Mario Kart, you know, and, and it's something that's keeping him engaged, is working his mind, is working his fingers, fast reaction, fast twitch, like of uh, understanding how to react to things quickly. Um, some games have reading in it or stuff like that. Alright, cool. He has to make sure the game's age appropriate. And that's a whole nother task. It's all right, because games, they sound cool, they look cool, and then little kids want to have that. Uh, my uh, stepson, Fruit's my stepson, he came, he came downstairs one night and was like, hey, can I get Red Redemption 2? And his his mom, my wife, looked at me and was like, what's up with this game? Because she knows nothing about video games. So right, she looked right. right at me, and I was like, uh, you cannot. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, I cannot... I cannot allow you to do that. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, I was his father. 
but I have to whistleblow you on this one, sir. The game has smoking, drug use, curse words, sex, all that. Like, I can't. You're t- oh yeah, no, I've played the game. I, yeah, I'm, you're I'm nine, man. Yeah. You're nine. I can't. I can't allow you to. You know what I mean? It's just. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're not talking about just some blood. You know what I mean? We're we're talking about adult situations. I can't let you have that. Yeah, sorry. that's fair. You know, and it turned to that. Uh, YouTube's dangerous because da- YouTube, even on the kid kid like stuff, these YouTubers be talking about adult situations. Sometimes they slide them in there, curse words and stuff like that. Kids just watch them all day. I see parents go out with their kids, and they'll get put their phone right in front of their kid while they're eating instead of engaging with this child. Let this child just fall into the phone, so the kid gets more engulfed in just watching these videos and everything else, and they're not fixing, not really fixing, but like engaging in their nuclear family that's just there. They rather not engage with the child or play with the child. They let just let the child watch the phone because just being a parent sometimes is too tiring. So that's my problem, personally speaking. So that's so that's interesting. So a couple of things you did mention some good things there, right? I mean, obviously, video games do uh, enhance hand-eye coordination. That's been tr- been proven. There have actually even been studies shown that video games create decision making, uh, create decision making processes that some other media don't. For example, like no one's gonna argue that reading books is bad, but in reading a book, you're consuming information. You're not participating in, 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 in you're not participating in the story, whereas video games allow you to make decisions that allow you to that allow you to process and pro, pro, allow the story to progress further, which those decision making skills could be used later on down the road. Uh, they do they do build teamwork. Online gaming, you know, uh, whether or not you agree with, I mean, obviously, you know, God uh, not God of War, but Call of Duty and Modern Warfare, those are much older games. But, but at toxic. the same time. You know, when you play them online, it teaches coordination with other people and teamwork. So they're like, um, I would even argue, like I was, I, I went to a, <laughs> there was a book club topic when I was at JBAB where they mentioned uh, the, the topic or the book of the month was Ready Player One, which I think most people have seen the movie. If you haven't read the book, it's absolutely amazing. But it's about gaming culture. It's about, you know, people that live in this online environment. And that's their so, where their social circle exists. And it was funny because I was participating in a discussion with a lot of – again, I didn't know what this book club was. I just saw the topic, and I was like, cool, I've read that book. I'll go so – I, I thought it would be more of a mixed crowd. It was a bunch of spouses, um, and they're all relatively conservative at the same time. So me, as the only gamer in the room, had to convey to them why gaming can be a positive thing. That being said, there's also a flip side to it where it can, be, can become addictive. Uh, and that's not just for kids, but that's also for adults because – gaming at least especially in the way it's evolved has found new new ways to reward you for how you succeed throughout the game which uh, there is an uh, especially in boys uh there's an an inherent uh when i read this i read a study they were talking about how boys continually seek situations where they are rewarded and the more you can re- you can provide an instantaneous reward to somebody, the more they're going to want to engage in this thing. So with video games, like the idea of trophies, for example, for completing certain tasks or getting special gear for doing special missions, it's it 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 is geared directly toward those um, mental cues inside men and to a degree women that for rewarding for of rewards. So it makes you want to play more. 
right? So like if I do this thing, I get this awesome piece of kit that allows me to do more in the game, which allows me to get more kit. Like it's you're constantly able to achieve new achievements and rewards, so it keeps you it keeps you engaged. Um, it becomes even more dangerous when you start talking about in-game uh, purchases, because now I don't even have to do the thing anymore. I can go buy it, which allows me to go do more things. So I think there, I mean, I, you know, I look at like when we grew up on, on with gaming and how it was the only achievement you got was beating the game, right? Like Mario, there's no achievement for beating, uh, you know, no be, level 1-8. It's, I got to 1-8, great. I still haven't beaten the game yet. Like games were very like, you don't get anything till you, you beat the game. And then you got all the street cred, right? I beat Mario, I beat Zelda. I know how to do it, like, and people would come over and they would watch you play, or you, so you could help them get to the next level. Like that was, that was our gaming experience. Today, like you said, there's YouTube, and then there's like just rewards after reward after reward, whether it be the kit or everything else, which keeps you further engaged. So I think there's danger in that. And then on your, the the point you mentioned about YouTube, I do agree. YouTube in itself is also an addiction. That's something we're facing as well, as parents. And I'll, I'll be the I'll be the first to admit I'm guilty. Like there are times where we're out at dinner and it's easier for us to just put the, the the YouTube in front of our kid than it is to, you know, deal with them. And a large part of that is just because like, it's not that we don't want to engage with our child, but it's like, I, I've put myself in a situation where I sh I'm sharing an environment with other people. So I can let my son be my son and get up and down from the chair and talk loudly and do all these things that might disturb other people. Or I put the YouTube on in front of him to, just to keep him focused and eating and not carrying on. It's a, I know that's a done itself as a double-edged sword that we need to manage more carefully as well. Um, at home, it's no big deal. If I, if I don't put the TV in front of him, you know, it's, I just have to, I get to yell at him every five minutes to stay still and eat. Whereas, but I can't do that necessarily in a restaurant. Um, so that's, and so you hit a, a good point there too. YouTube and YouTube in itself is also geared to get after instant reward because you no longer have to, it's like not like watching TV at home when we grew up where you actually had to, you had three or four channels, maybe 13, you watch what was on, you had to get through the commercials. You know, YouTube is five minute clips and you can move in the, and because it's an algorithm based thing, it just continues to feed you the things you want to watch. So we try to put, when we do let them watch these things, we try to make sure he's watching educational material. And to that degree, like that is something that we can, you can use YouTube to do is you can make sure that what he's watching is useful. Um, but I don't know it. Yes. Media in general is a difficult thing to manage for kids growing up. Um, given the, the sheer amount of it that's out there. You have a, you have a good point. I think one thing you touched on there is like to understand the, trials and tribulations of what parents have to deal now with video games you have to think back to history here so the history of video games here you look back to like the mid to late 90s mortal Kombat introduced blood to video game it was very taboo games to have that then the parental advisory on games they had killer instinct come out a little after that it draw the ante up but again nothing over the top it wasn't over top it was just violence and that was it uh, people saying violence, people killing each other because of video games, yada yada yada. It didn't go. It didn't go till on ten, till Grand Theft Auto Three came out. I remember that game came out. I was a full on adult, 
Uh, I got off work one night. I went to Walmart when they used to be open 24 hours in the early days. It was, it was very taboo. And one guy was like, this is a new hot game right here. And the back cover told me nothing. And then I literally took it home. I plugged I put it in on my PS2 <laughs> and turned it on and played it. And I killed a hooker and it blew my mind. And I was like, this is <laughs> like, you're, wait a minute, there's a hooker. I can kill her. Wait a minute, you can have sex with her and then kill her? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, this isn't a video game. And the story was somewhat compelling. Nothing super over the top. But the games themselves got, start driving it along. And then other game creators start seeing that as, like, the roadmap to making money. So games got more violent, you know, to the point now where, like, I have a 10-year-old. And he, um, his games he plays is... Dragon Ball Z, mm -hmm. he played dra the Dragon Ball Fighter game, so there's no, there's violence, of course, but it's not over the top. Um, the God of War game, I gave him a, I gave him a pass, and I was like, this is the game he could, he could play last, last winter. I was like, this is a good game you could play. You know what I mean? Yes, it's violent, but he's fighting creatures, mythological, Viking stuff. You know what I mean? So it's not related to real life. Kratos doesn't curse a whole lot, I don't believe. So it's a pass. You know, there's but there's some games you can't do. I wouldn't let him play Grand Theft Auto Five. You know, I wouldn't let him do that at all. You know, what I mean, even I would say Call of Duty be okay because you're killing fictional people. And I don't, I don't think there's actually blood in that game anymore, really, because you're just people are just shooting, running, and gunning. But I would not tell him to play online, like listen to anybody. Like you could play, but don't talk to anybody because the chat rooms are so toxic of racist, bigotry homophobic stuff like it's, it's so bad you know so i would tell them to stay away from that if that happened but a lot of games out here you know i think as parents we have to be aware of what our kids are doing we can't be like oh my kid did this and my kid's a bad child well no you need to take some blame because you allowed this kid to have this game that's why you saw games like uh uh fortnite blow up because it was a shooter that had no blood there was no words, like no one talked. Like it was just, it was just shooting, building buildings, and then winter. You know that was it. That game it was free, so parents that spend no money on it. Even better, you had that, and you had Minecraft, which is again you're just building stuff. Everything's in blocks, and your bad guy's a creeper, which is a green being with legs moving towards you that explodes. But it made you know that, you know the again. Watch out on the online gaming, gaming in the wrong chat rooms with people talking, you know, because, again, they could run their bad people. But the element of gaming or your child gaming stuff that you have to have an honest conversation with them, tell them what they can do, what they can't do and set guidelines, treat them respectfully. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I think it's interesting. You mentioned you gave a brief recap on the history of gaming. And it's interesting. Like, I remember talking to my wife early on before we had Alex and we were talking about, like, you know what to what degree do we allow like do we allow games in in into his life and, and i remember saying I, I was less concerned about content to a degree because i remember growing up I, my mom never told me what games i could and could not play right Cause, and for the part of that most of that too is that she just wasn't wasn't she was plugged into she wasn't as aware of what was in these games in fact I, like if, if 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 the news didn't come out and start saying like you know moral combat was a violent game i don't think she she would have ever known about it um, it's the same thing with like, you know, CDs when, 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 uh, I remember one time 
I told my mom I wanted to get the new Snoop Dogg CD and another, <laughs> and she was like, okay. And then another parent over here, the conversation that we grew up with and was like, you're gonna let him get that. that it's, it's got explicit language in it. And she was like, oh, well, I guess you can't have it then. And I was like, wait, what? Like five minutes ago, you didn't care. But so uh, you're right. Like content is part of now part of the discussion, right? Cause I guess for me, I, I only looked at, I, for me, I always thought the most dangerous thing about it was the time. Like how much time do I let him play? Right. Like, you know, what's a suitable amount of time to let some, like I, and I started thinking about how long do I ever play a game? Now, if I'm really into the game and it's like, you're like, it's, it's, it's the middle of winter time or maybe it's later. It's, I don't have anything to do on a Saturday night. I might spend a couple hours on it. Right. But I try not to spend more than one or two, two hours. I try to go to make sure I go to bed at a reasonable time. So I'm not neglecting my, my, my wife. Um, so I, was, I guess for me, I was always a little more concerned about the amount of time my son might be playing on it. Um, and is he spending so much time on it that it, at the expense of being outside and socializing with kids outside and what have you, but the con you bring up great points with it with regards to the content, you know, cause I guess from my perspective, I was leaning toward, I'm not going to necessarily tell him no to this video game, but he has to, there are certain games he will have to play with in my presence so that I can let him inform him that. It, like these actions are, are are not acceptable. This language is is not is or is not acceptable. Like the, his actions are are not acceptable in the video game based on the content. But even then, like you're absolutely right. Like Red Dead Redemption, there's a like a certain point. Like at what point is does it become okay to play that game? That's obviously something for you and your and your wife to figure out. And then for me and our my Marcy to figure out because that has a ton of adult content in it. And do I necessarily want my son at age, say, 10, uh, going out and deciding whether or not it's okay or not? Because that game has, like, straight up, here are your options. You could kill these people or let them go. And if you let them go, they might come back and get you later on. Like, So there's some very, like, interesting situations that it puts you in. And you can decide if you want to be a good person or a bad person and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think a game like that for a 10 year old is too much. It just it is. is. It yeah. is it's too much content because I could remember when I played a 10. Yeah, I remember, like you said, your first console when I was eight, my first console when I was eight as well. And I got Robocop on Nintendo, and the original Nintendo, the SNES, the regular NES. And that game, Robocop's killing people. There was no blood. And when you shoot somebody, they turn flat and fall on the ground. The graphics were bad. But, you know, it, that's what it was. It was a violent, in quotation marks, game. But, again, it didn't make me want to grab a gun and want to say something. The content, There was no cursing. There was no suggestive language that told me think a certain way. I knew based off watching the movie, which was way worse for me, a seven-year-old watching it, side note. But at the same time, you know, the game didn't affect me and make me think that, man, I didn't play Street Fighter and say I want to go out here and want to fight somebody if anything that makes people want to learn kung fu or karate or something no one's shooting fireballs it's not how it works well i think too like the the games too when we were kids it was like playing a cartoon right like they didn't look real it was it was pretty clear when you're when you're playing mario that you're playing a video game uh first off it's a side scroller so it only goes one direction um you're limited in what you can do it is, the game doesn't present you any choices, any moral or ethical dilemmas, um, and it's the, the the colors are bright. Like it's it's clearly clearly a video game, and you're and it's a cartoon. 
Whereas today, games are they're doing what, everything they can to look as real and put you in as real situations as possible. So you're absolutely right. Like, content matters. And then on top of that, too, like, you're, you hit another, another one on the head, and that's on, the online gaming piece. Because, I, I, again, I, I'm not much of an online gamer. Most of it, I don't have the... I'm not as quick as a lot of young people are. So I was actually talking to a guy at work who's a big gamer, and he we were talking about how we just stay away from online shooters because what's the fun in playing the game when you're going to get killed like within three, within three seconds, like you can't even make a move because you're already dead. Cause you don't like, you're still learning the map or you're still learning how like the kid, the character and the game mechanics. Meanwhile, there's a, some kid who's been playing for tw- plays every day for five hours and has the right. all figured out and just beat you at every opportunity. But aside from that, you're right. The, the online online gaming or online communities can be one of two things. It could be very, they can be good and encouraging as in like it's a means for you to like meet people like if you're an introverted type of person and you get your you get social anxiety or maybe you're just not good at being like physically social it's it's an opportunity for you to kind of be yourself and talk to people who and share common interests right it's a community but it's it's you're right it also can be a very ugly community there are there is some language on there that is not good for young people there is racism and bigotry and all those things in these rooms and you know because people are faceless and because they they're faceless they feel like they can say and do whatever they want i mean that's the internet that's just unfortunately that's just the internet right yeah so i I definitely agree like you know the online gaming and the content do matter and um it's you know you gotta be able to teach you gotta be able to teach our kids like if you're gonna engage in these things like you need to protect yourself and you too need to behave in a certain way that is respectable just because you're not in front of this person and you are hiding behind a computer screen or a video game screen doesn't give you the privilege of acting like a complete asshole. You know I mean? That, that's, that, you know, so that, yeah, you know, girl, like I hadn't really given that a ton of thought and mostly because I, I, right now I can determine what he plays. Like, you know, for you, like obviously your stepson has a little more say in it cause he's 10, but for Alex, it's like, Hey, here are your options. You can play Mario Kart. You can play Smash Brothers, and that's it. <laughs> There's no I mean, he, he has so much leaning on the idea of what games he can have. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he, if he has no access to the game, he can't play it. Right, right. So it's, hey, can I, buy, can I get this game? Can you buy me this game? Do I have the money to buy this game? You know, stuff like that. So that's, you know, he's, he's stuck in that word. He's stuck in that world, so that's where he has to live in. But at the same time, it, it like that would be that's an interesting topic thing on its own right. It's like is the game toxic or is, is the game like chat rooms even more toxicer? Because I I would be thinking the chat rooms myself are more toxicer. I've never playing games of like uh, Modern Warfare on the original Xbox way back and having some little kid call me an N word and all this and you're like, bro, what's happening? This is this is terrible, to what the is, point where the recent years when I play online, I play Destiny online, but Destiny is not really the the person on person fighting against somebody. You're you're your own teammate, so you're not right exactly yeah, getting yeah. at each other. So you're not hearing everybody in the same place. You know, I think the gaming community has tried to fix that too. You could there's certain things you could you could uh, report people, let them know like this person is really bad, this person is cheating, this person is really toxic. You could do stuff like that to help fix it. You know? Sure. And I, I think about, too, like, you know, 
for us growing up, social gaming was for you and three of your best friends huddled around 64 playing Goldeneye, right? Like everyone that was going to be in, everyone that was going to talk in that room was literally in the room. So the trash talking that took place, you still talk trash. You still talked to like, Hey man, I owned you on that. Or man, you suck. Like, but you're friends. So like, there's a, like you're trash talking, but at the end of the day, like you still respect the person next to you. You're not going to like, and if you are, do happen to be a racist at your core, you certainly weren't going to call like call them the N word in front of them because you're going to get your, your ass beat. But the point is social gaming as a kid was like, it was your social, it was the kids you hung out with day in, day out in front of the, the, the TV. So the camaraderie and the trash talking that put, took place is all in good fun. Right. Whereas now social gaming, you don't sit in the room with those people anymore. It's you by yourself and there's someone else out there on the other end of a TV screen and, you know, they can say whatever they want to you, you know, regardless of whether or not they know you personally or not, you know I mean? So yeah, it, it, I, I, I agree. You probably, you could probably spend a long time talking about content of the game versus content of the chat room, but um, a lot, it's just amazing to see how much has changed. I mean, I guess it has been almost 50 years or well, 40 years. Uh, I was born in 81 Nintendo came out in 83. So almost 40 years in which, you know, I'm going to say, because Atari doesn't really count, right? Like our parents probably played Atari, but even then, you know, there wasn't a lot. I mean, I don't, I mean, I can only think of a few people I've ever met that actually owned an Atari and actually ever played anything on Atari. Um, but I think Nintendo in the 80s is the, really the first real kickoff of gaming um, in the household. And just thinking how much it changed. Cause I mean, you know, yeah, there's first you have this Nintendo and it can, you can play two players and then they came out with the four player mod and then you got uh, Super Nintendo and 64 which allowed a little more growth of four you know four person playing on a split screen and then when you get to Xbox and up is when you start getting to the online stuff and that's where I think there's like you said there's game content which is dangerous but then I, I actually think maybe the, the the chat rooms can be a lot more dangerous but I don't know it's wild because I think because I think about the us as children. I can tell you my childhood, right? So compared to my childhood, compared to my stepson's, and when I was ten and I had my Nintendo, it was plugged up in the only TV I had access to it, the living room TV. Oh yeah, now, yeah. That living room TV, your parent, right? There's no hiding. Yeah. My parents owned it, so if my mom wasn't watching it. That means if she was if she wasn't busy doing something, she was watching something. But if she wasn't, she was busy something. I might have access to it. But if my dad was home, he's watching it. So again, I had to wait for him not to be home, my mom not to be busy, for me to have some time. I can't sit down and play video games for three, four, tell one, two hours. It would have to be a quick one, maybe two hours at most. And after about two hours, my mom would be like, "Don't you want to go outside? Because she wants to watch television. She's coaxing me outside. Do you want to go outside?" And I guess a little bit different because I live in a country, so my stepson doesn't really have anybody to hang out with out here in the middle of the countryside. But at the same time, hey, now he has, he has an Xbox One, a PS4, a Switch. There's so many gaming avenues. He has his own flash screen TV in his room. Flash screen TV. I had a 13 inch television. People like some people are probably hearing this like 13 inch for real. How big it for real? Yes, I had a 13 inch television, and yeah, that was it. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned access, and that's another good point. Another, another aspect of all this, right? Like you hit it right on the head. Growing up, 
our Nintendo was on the main was on the main television in the living room, uh, which again you have to share that TV. And even then, like suppose the content of the video game was not great, mom is right there over your shoulder anyways, regardless. Just shut so, it down. So shut it down, or she can address it in the in the room. I I don't think uh, it wasn't until I was like maybe twelve or thirteen that I got a TV in my room. Um, it was a hand me down television. That's when the Nintendo finally moved in there. Um, so I got a little more privacy with what, you know, with my game playing to a degree. But even then, like for some reason, I guess because I was just used to only being having so much time on a, on, on the console and living room, I would only play for maybe an hour or two, unless unless it was a game like Zelda that where it's just like you were you could really play that get in that game for a long time. There wasn't a lot of games I stayed I, I played for much longer than maybe one or two hours. Um, but you're right, access. Like I think I'm like Alex, for example. So we have a playroom downstairs, and in the playroom there is another. There's a separate TV, and on that TV we have um, one of those. They sold them at like Target. It was like the miniature old school NES and the miniature Super Nintendo, and it comes loaded with like a bunch of games on it. Okay. Yeah, so he he'll play that. I mean, he's still figuring it out, the buttons and like what you know what what does what. But we're okay, generally okay, letting him play that because there's not like it. Um, none of the content is is bad, right? Um, with me, like he can cut, like we have the PlayStation four in the main living room, which even I, I'm subject to, to like sharing the television. Cause I gotta share it with my wife and everything. So like, I only play when she's in bed and he's not around occasionally I'll, I'll let him come in and watch me play horizon. Cause it's just me versus robots. There's not a lot of, you know, person on person, um, uh, killing. So I've even let him right. tool around on the game. Cause it's just, you know, I'll let him like do flips or walk around or whatever. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, I mean, access kids have so much more access to video games now than we did. I mean, you can access a video game on your phone. You can access a video game, their switch. Uh, you mentioned all the different consoles, you know, like you mentioned, you have, he's got all those different consoles where you're at. Alex has switch the two Nintendo systems and then PlayStation four as disposal. Um, granted he has to come and he's not hooking that up. So he has to actually come to us to, to use it, but access is a huge part of, of your ability to play right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely right. So I think if I had to sum it up and let me know if I'm missing anything, I think the key, you know, at least from what I'm, what I'm going to take away, what I take away from this at any rate is one manageable time. You know, I don't think, you know, until my son is, at least for me, until my son is old enough to know what, how, what is appropriate time for him. I, for me, I don't think I could see a lot. I, I can't see myself letting him, play for longer than 45 minutes. I think that's enough time to be stimulated and then it's time to go out and do something else. And as he gets older, maybe that, that, that aperture opens a little bit. Um, but at the same time, I need to make sure that he's doing, I mean, cause he, I'm like, he does live in a neighborhood where there are kids around there and there's parks and things to do. So you probably should be going and engaging in those things. There's content. What is he actually playing? You know, is it, are the themes involved appropriate for his age? that's a question that you know every that depend varies from parent to parent um and then is it an online game and is he going to be potentially interacting with other people and you know since i don't know those people what is my comfort level when that and that and again age is going to depend on that and knowing my son and what he's like as he grows as his individual character grows may or may or not determine how big of an aperture he gets for what he plays. And that's, those are my takeaways. I mean, I can't, you know, what are, what are your thoughts? Um, I think you hit it pretty well on that. It's definitely, it, it's about 
the content that foremost for me for me is content not necessarily the gaming time because if you want to get a good gaming session maybe i can respect that because i've took many a saturday good gaming sessions in my time with final fantasy loses a gaia i go on and on and on but it's the content is he playing something that's really toxic? Is something if it's a game I don't understand because it's so kiddie and everything else, I, I think it's okay. Right now he's on his Dragon Ball kick. He was on Fortnite a couple of months ago, so his mind kind of still jumps, jumps, jumps. He doesn't find a game that really decides six teeth in and rides with. But as long as he's engaged with it, as long as he's get really angry, he gets triggered and he starts getting angry and starts yelling and like whatever because he sees YouTubers do it. Yeah, so he yeah. thinks it's okay. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't do that. Because when he does that, he do it once and he does it twice. I just tell him to turn the, we just tell him to turn the game off. Like, game's off now. You're, you're, you can't play video games now. You're done. Yeah, yeah. You lost that privilege because you did something that somebody's getting paid millions of dollars to do and you don't pay taxes. So you can't do that. <laughs> no, I, that, that's <laughs> so, a good point, too, right? Like, I mean, what's healthy as far as like how you respond to what happens in the game, too? Like, I remember growing up. You know, if I didn't make there's a, I remember playing Mario in level, I think it's eight two. There's a jump that I it was like near impossible to make, and I would I would expend almost all the lives I accumulated throughout the game on this one jump, and it used to infuriate me. And I I can remember I think I threw the controller one time, and it was like that's it, you're done. You know, because that's just not. That's not healthy. That's not like health, like healthy. Like you, you, like if you, you should be able to just. All right, I'm not. I'm not achieving this right now. I just need to get up, get up and walk away from this until I can. I feel like I can come back and and do this again. That's how I treat games now. Like if I get frustrated with a level or with a boss, just put it down. Just put it down. It's time to walk away. Obviously, you've spent the last ten tries. You need to walk away. Rethink it. Rethink your strategy. Yeah, let marinate. Come back at it again. Yep, let it marinate and come on back to it and usually figure it out. I did that I did that uh with Illusion of Gaia. I literally I got stuck in this one cave pass on Super Nintendo and I couldn't figure it out and I spent hours upon hours going up and down this cave trying to figure it out and I was like, Man, maybe maybe this game's broken or like that, whatever, but it's not. And I put it down, I played another game and came back to Illusion of Gaia later and then I found it and I was like <sighs> I felt I felt stupid because it was just very in my head, but I didn't see it. It's kind of hiding in plain sight, and then I continued on and beat the game and beat it all. But you know, it's one of the things like, dang, why did I not see that? But you can't get frustrated and start breaking stuff because games, especially now. Do you understand how expensive it is now? A PS Five controller is like eighty dollars. Oh yeah, or imagine throwing that if that controller got thrown at a your flat screen. Oh, flat screens man. ain't cheap either. <laughs> my uh, my good friend. Uh, my good friend, uh, shout out to George or Kiesel here, who was at my wedding um, a couple months ago. He said he has three kids, and one of his kids actually threw the controller up in the air, hit the ceiling fan. The ceiling fan knocked in the television and cracked it. Oh, so I mean, it was a 32 inch television in the kids' room, whatever. But needless to say, he was not happy with it, and I wouldn't have been happy either. But yeah, you, you just got to control. You got you can't break these controllers, man. They they're expensive. They're super expensive, and they know it is. That's why they don't make them that as strong as the, it's not as strong as the old school controllers that last. Oh forever. yeah, yeah, they know it. I remember you could like. I remember there were times where like you'd be playing, and someone would walk by, and it would, they would snag the cord, and it would launch your game system off the off the panel. Strong. Yeah, 
but at the end of the day, that that system still worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it, even if it even if you did break it, you know, now granted, a hundred bucks in nineteen eighty nine is still a lot of money. Yeah, hundred hundred dollars back in nineteen eighty nine is about four hundred dollars now. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I guess that's a good point. So even you're still spending a lot, if you break that console, you're still spending a lot of money on it. But, yes, sir. But it didn't have a ton of rare, you know, earth elements in it either. So <laughs> <laughs> I remember, sure. I remember my, my the old Nintendo. It was, uh, it wasn't working. And my grandfather, who was a VCR repairman at the time, he took it apart because all the components in the, the old school Nintendo were very similar to that of a VCR, and we cleaned it with an eraser. And you couldn't, can you imagine trying to do something like that today? Like trying to go to town and you're like diagnose your own PS5? No. There's no way. Like no. there's no way. You wouldn't touch it. You want to make sure you had like a highly experienced technician. An engineer. Yeah. <laughs> work on it. Engineer with non-static gear, like opening up that console to figure it out. Yeah, there's no way. So, you treat it pretty I, much like your cell phones, yeah. It's like because PS fives are like six hundred dollars now, right? Oh my god, dude! My PS five, I can't believe how much I spent on it. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I don't. Again, I don't want people to think like I'm not anti game. I love gaming. Like I, I'm playing Horizon right now. I love it. It's a beautiful game. Um, I, 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 I think there's a lot of good in gaming. I think, uh, like I said, I, I've already mentioned all those goods already. But I'm also know that I'm old enough to know the difference between all these things we've talked about and it's until you have a little one that doesn't understand that, that it becomes more, you, you, you begin to see video games in a completely different light than I, like I, I would never would have thought about these things until, until now. Yeah. Right. You're right. You have a good point. So, all right, folks, I think we have you taken a lot of time. It was a good discussion though. I mean, yeah. I think this, uh, and I hope you all thought it was a good discussion too. I hope you learned from, I'd love to know for those of you that are parents, you know, drop a comment. I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are on it. I, I have a number of friends who've got multiple kids of multiple ages, ages, and they play at different all times to different things. And I see how they interact with their kids on, you know, what is appropriate and what's not. And I try to take the good and I try, and I try to, you know, um, not, I try to take what I think is good from all that. So I'm always curious to know what other other parents' thoughts are on it as well. So if you have a comment on it, please hit us up below and, and share. Yes, yes. Um, please, like, let us know. We, we would love to hear your comments. I do guys want to leave you guys with one thing. Um, this past week I did watch on Netflix. Uh, we're talking about video games. I watched uh, Cyberpunk 2077 Edge Runner. That's based off the video game that's available on PS5, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, it's a little DLC content. They made a mini series of it, ten episodes, twenty five minutes long. It's a very good anime. It's a very short burn, and but it leaves good lasting impression. So if you got some time, give it a watch. I was impressed by it. I I recommended three other people I know. They liked it as well. So uh, I, I I would recommend watching just based on the video game topic we're talking about tonight. It just kind of fits right in. It's got me going back into playing it now. I re-downloaded it, six six gigs on my PC start playing it again because i'm kind of like i'm kind of addicted back now they i fell in love with it once again awesome i'm gonna give it a chance all right everybody well hey i think that takes our time i hope everyone has a good week uh go outside enjoy the rest of your uh, your columbus day weekend um indigenous people indigenous people weekend make the most of it uh that being said i'm mr fig and i'm mr lock all right everybody i'm out see you